Hey there, my five faithful listeners and anyone who randomly stumbled upon this episode. My name is Lydia, and this is the Lydia Todd Pod. It's probably not a good idea to start a podcast because your last name rhymes with pod, but I'm here anyways. From spontaneous trips to special guests to deep spiritual conversations and everything in between, expect inspiration, stories, and plenty of laughter. Grab a glass of milk, settle in, and let's dive into the episode. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm super, super excited to get into today's topic with you guys. We are talking about how to move to London. And, well, what gives me the authority to talk on this subject? I would say the fact that I did move to London this past year in September. Myself and my friend Kaylee Wadlington, who was a guest on the Deep Discussions episode, she and I moved here in September and have been living in London for about six months now. I must have done something right because I ended up here and that was my goal. And so I just wanted to share with you guys the process of how I decided and then achieved moving to London. And this is specifically about London, but I think that this episode will be able to help you if you're moving anywhere across the world, especially if you're a U.S. citizen. I am an expat now, and I would love to make someone else's life easier when they go through this process. Whenever I moved, I made a checklist of all of the things that I did in the process of planning this move. And so step one was to dream. And yeah, this might sound silly because if you're listening to this, then you might already be pondering and already be researching and already be into the process of moving. But for anyone who has not already considered moving somewhere, the first step in moving is to dream about where to go. I would not be in London if it weren't for the fact that I had an assignment where it forced me to dream about possibilities that were not reality at the moment and me realizing that those are things that I wanted. Those are things that I was passionate about. So if you have never sat down and written out your wildest dreams It would be beneficial to sit down and say, if I had unlimited money, I had unlimited time, unlimited resources, what would I be doing right now? And then ask yourself, is it actually possible? That's what led me to London. The second step is to research. You have got to decide all the answers to all of the big questions. Who, what, when, where, why, which, how, all of that stuff is going to be in research. It helped me see that this was more of a reality once I was able to sit down and say, okay, who is it? It's going to be me. I won't be alone. I have a friend to go with. What am I going to be doing when I get there? When am I planning on moving? Where exactly do I want to live? How long do I want to be there? Why do I want to make this move? Like, is there a justifiable reason that I want to uproot my whole life? So once you answer all of these questions, you've done quite a bit of research, the third step is something that 
maybe you have already done, but it is an important next step and it is to inform family and friends. You would probably start with your closest family members, your very closest friends, but if you don't do this step, I don't foresee you actually making the move. This is when you make it concrete, when you say this is reality, when when you tell your friend, I, I think this is actually happening. It's like when you have a crush and you don't vocalize it, and then finally you tell your best friend, I think I like this person. That's when it becomes real, when you can feel it outside of yourself. So tell some family, tell some friends, even if you don't tell everyone yet, just so that you are able to be held accountable for your decisions so that they can ask you questions and maybe make you consider some aspects that you hadn't yet and so that they can give you support because this is a whole process. All of these steps I'm putting are in consecutive order. So the reason why I wrote these in this order is because there are certain things that need to be done sooner rather than later. So that step four is apply for jobs or schools. If you're moving somewhere, you're either going to be working there or you're going to be going to school there. I am a student and Kaylee is working, but we had to start applying for stuff way in advance. For me to be even eligible to get a visa, I had to already be approved by the school that I was going to attend. I'm getting my master's here in London. And so what I did was I applied to five, maybe five or six different schools in the London area that had the program that I was interested in. So you need to apply for the jobs that you want or the schools that you want to go to and let that be an earlier rather than later decision because some visas will require you to already have a job lined up or to already have a school acceptance letter for you to be able to apply or begin the visa process. Step five is, I guess, not necessary. You could definitely skip this step and still make it happen, but you would make your experience a lot harder and a lot lonelier. So step five is to network. You want to reach out to friends and family, reach out to anyone that you know that might have contacts in the place you're wanting to move to. This is crucial because community is such a big part of our lives. Like we want and crave relationship. And so if you move to a new place and you don't know anyone, you don't have any friends, that is so hard. If you reach out to your friends and family, maybe they've visited that place before and have made connections. Or maybe they know someone who knows someone who knows someone that can get you someone's email there that you can use to connect with them ahead of time. This made our move so much smoother. We ended up making some connections with some Christians in London who were actually the ones who volunteered to take us from the airport to our place that we moved into. If this hadn't ha happened, we would be carrying so many suitcases on the tube in London and that would have, I don't know, that might have been the breaking point. Honestly, it was so much to travel with a bunch of bags for more than eight hours and to finally get here and then have to travel more than an hour or so away from the airport to get 
to the place that we were staying. That process was made so much easier just because of these friends that we made ahead of time. Even if you can't make friends, you can still network by making relationships with people who you might be working with or going to school with. Usually there are Facebook groups. So for instance, in London, there are travel groups for people who visit London. There's I think a group called Ladies in London, Women in London. All of these groups are things that I joined ahead of time and then I was able to connect. So people will post and say, hey, I'm starting a book club. Who wants to join? Or, hey, I had a couple reservations for this concert and dinner, but I had to cancel. Does anyone want them? I'll give them away for free. Or I have one extra seat to go to the beach this weekend, does anyone want to join? And that's how you're going to make friends and you can see what's going on in the city that locals are doing. Would highly recommend networking through social media groups and through friends and family. The step for applying for jobs and networking are both crucial and important and they should go earlier on in the process because of how long it takes to do those steps. But that doesn't make them the most important steps. So some of the later steps that we're going to get to are things that are make or breaks for you moving. And this next step is one of those. Step number six is finance. How are you going to pay for this? <laughs> this will be different for different people. If you have just graduated university, you're not going to be able to afford to just move across the world unless you have a plan to continue your education and you're using loans or you're using savings or if you already have a job and you are able to save up before you move and you don't plan to move for another year or two, then that's a different story. If you, on the other hand, are moving to get a job somewhere, then securing that job ahead of time before you move so that you are financially stable when you arrive is an important factor to help you decide when am I going to move and how soon am I going to be able to make this happen. If you're not able to afford to live where you're going to live, then that's when you need to start reevaluating. Am I going to work my way up in the job that I have so that I can make more money to afford it? Am I going to go back to school, change occupations? How important is this move to me? And that is definitely a step that you should make towards the beginning because if you don't, then when you find out later on that you can't afford it, you've wasted a lot of time doing a lot, going through a lot of procedures that were a waste of time. Step number seven is for all my planners out there, next step is to make a timeline. If you sit down and you know when you're trying to move, you know when the college applications are due, you know when the term starts, you know when your job starts, anything like that, then you're able to decide when should I move, how soon does this need to happen, and making your timeline is going to help you when you structure all the rest of your decisions because it's a major difference if I'm moving in a year versus six months as to when I need to apply for my visa, how much I need to save out of every paycheck ahead of time, etc, etc. Make a timeline, figure out when certain things need to happen by, and I would also suggest when you make a timeline to put your deadlines earlier than the legitimate actual deadline. If you know that your college application is due on October 10th, then put on your timeline that it's due October 1st. So that way, if you 
are like, oh no, I, I got carried away, I lost track of time, and you rush to get it by the deadline, and you finish it at 2 a.m. on October 2nd, then you're still good. You are still completely fine. That is how I tend to set all of my deadlines in my personal life too, because whenever you set deadlines ahead of when the actual deadlines are, you might be late a lot, but you're never actually late. Pro tips. Step number eight is the step that I've seen on the most travel websites of how do you actually do it? How do you take the step to move across the world or to another country or even to another city or a neighboring town? And the step is buy the plane ticket. Until you do something to financially invest in your decision, you can always back out. And once you've financially invested, you're going to do everything in your power to make sure that your investments weren't useless. And so when the going gets tough, you're still going to want to make this move happen. Also, when you buy the plane ticket early, it can be cheaper. Usually about six months before your ideal date of flying is going to be the cheapest time to buy your tickets. It varies and fluctuates based on the airline and the day of the week that you book and all of that stuff. And we'll have a later episode on how to book cheap flights. But booking your flight in advance is going to help you save some money and make a commitment. We bought our plane tickets in May, I think. We bought it around four or five months before we left. And once the plane tickets were bought, it was like $350, I think, for us each to fly from Tennessee to London. That was pretty affordable. Step number nine, the bane of the previous three months to when I moved was visa stuff. Ugh, visa is terrible. It's the worst thing imaginable besides like taxes and the ACT and TCAP for all you Tennessee public school students out there. It's pretty bad, pretty terrible. I've only applied for one visa in my life, but I don't look forward to my next one. I really do not look forward to ever applying for a visa again. It is a long process. It's stressful. You have to make sure you have all the right paperwork and you're so scared because the decision of your move is in someone else's hands. They have the power to tell you, no, you're not allowed to come, or yes, you are. That is something I will save for a different episode. Visas are a whole topic. Whenever you have bought your plane ticket, you should apply for your visa. I know that this is the next step, but depending on how far ahead you're planning, you may not be able to apply for your visa yet. You oftentimes can't apply more than a year or so before your move. I'm sure it depends based on what country you're moving to and where you're moving from. I had to apply at least three months in advance because it can take a while to get the response for your visa and you can't go until your visa is approved. And you also have to send your passport off in the visa process. So if you're going to be traveling out of the country before your move anytime soon, or you'll need your passport before then, then consider scheduling your visa appointment when you know you can go without your passport for a few weeks or getting the visa application expedited so that you can get your passport back sooner. Step 10 is an optional endeavor, but it's something that I wish I had done, and it's to visit your place that you're moving to on vacation ahead of time. This will help your move so much in 
just giving you ease in just giving you local knowledge and comfort in the location. There's a lot of things that you'll learn when you visit a place for the first time and it's already a lot when you move somewhere and so combining the feelings of a new place with a new home is a lot to deal with at once. And so if you can avoid that, if at all possible, go to the place before you are going to move. If you're moving in two years, then maybe a year before your move, go visit the place for a week vacation. You won't regret it and it'll help motivate you, you know, to get excited about your move. I was not able to do this, but it would have been really beneficial to do that. Step 11 is another hard step, but very necessary. Find housing. You may be in the situation, depending on the city you move to, where housing is just not something you can find until you get there. This is why going on a vacation there ahead of time is going to be helpful because you learn you can make an appointment with some real estate people locally or ask around and figure out how do people get housing around here, how do people... How do people find what is available and how fast does the market move? That was a difficulty for us moving to London because the market moves super fast. One day it is posted and two days later it already has been taken off the market. We ended up using a couple different apps that we found worked really well. Spare Room is one of them where you can search for houses in the UK and it is where we ended up finding our place, which is an absolute perfect place. But we didn't find this place until one week before we moved. So, not everyone is that lucky. Some people will not be able to find it. Need to make housing arrangements for when you arrive. Whether you find an apartment or someplace to rent before you get here, or you make plans and already make reservations to stay in an Airbnb or a hotel or something for the first few weeks, maybe few months, until you're able to move into a more permanent place. The sooner you start looking for housing, maybe the sooner you'll be able to find it. And I wish you all the best in finding your housing. Step 12 is to migrate your medical, banking, and insurance services. So if you are moving to a place that has different requirements or different legal rules about insurance, then you're going to have to look into that figure out if they have a universal health care or if you're going to have to get a private one. I'm sure that the place that you are from, you have a health care or an insurance provider, but they don't cover you globally, so you're going to have to get a new provider. Here in the UK, we have universal health care, so part of my visa application was paying for my taxes that would pay for my healthcare, and so it was a really easy process, but that won't be the case in every country. Your medical stuff, you should probably go to your doctor and ask them to print off any list of medications you have, any ailments or anything, get them notarized or signed by your doctor to prove that you have the right to any prescriptions you have. Make sure that you have enough of anything that you have prescribed so that whenever you come to the new place before you're able to find a new doctor, you can still get by if you have any medications or anything. I brought all of mine in my checked luggage here and so I was fine for the foreseeable future until I was able to get here and get a doctor. If you have any things like 
eyeglasses prescriptions and stuff make sure that you know the prescription and everything so that you're able to use that like if you're here and you need a new pair of glasses you're going to need that information and just think about all of the medical stuff that that you do in your home normally so that you're able to do that in your new home and with banking information you are probably going to have to get a new bank i had to open a bank account when i got here because I had to have a proof of residence, meaning a tenancy agreement or a statement from my school or something like that. And so I wasn't able to apply for my bank account until I moved here. Some places will not allow you to make a bank account until you've been a resident for a couple years. And so that would be something to do research on. Are there any banks available in the place that you're moving to where you can open an account? if you just moved there and if not what are your international or online banking options there's a couple that i will suggest whenever we talk about money and travel in a later episode some to look into for really good global services or anything that has a visa card because visa is accepted practically universally step 13 is to pick your daily transportation What I mean by this is when you move, you are going to have to get around somehow. If that is by driving, then you need to figure out how am I going to get a vehicle in this new country? Am I going to ship my car overseas? Am I even allowed to do that? How can I legally drive in this place? Does my license work or do I have to apply for a new license in this country? Do I have to take a driving test? How much does that cost? These are all things you have to consider I don't drive in this country, although I legally can. I take public transportation, so that is also an option. You can take buses, trams, tubes, trains, all the T's. Oh, and 1B, bus. Yeah, so you can take all the public transportation, and you should figure out what is most cost-effective. If you're looking into getting a car, do you have to have car insurance to drive? And this will also help you in figuring out housing. Do you need a place to park in the place that you get? This is where a lot of the steps start intertwining, where one decision affects other decisions. And so it's good to think about all of these at the beginning in your planning process. Step 14 is to decide what you're bringing and how you're bringing it. If you are planning on moving your whole house, including your king-size bed and your cat is coming and you're bringing your kids and your wife and your three dressers that have been passed down for generations if you're bringing all that stuff you probably need to get a shipping container and that costs money and it takes time and so you're gonna have to be willing to do without whatever's in that shipping container for a month to even a couple months if you're moving long term this may be the best bet so that you can have all of the things and not have to buy new things when you get there if it's a more short-term thing you might consider putting a lot of your things in storage or selling them to have more money to use when you get there. You should also consider how much baggage you're allowed to bring on the plane and if you have any special needs that require a lot of liquids or something or something that isn't allowed to be flown on planes then you might need to reconsider how you're sending things over. You also might have an opportunity to send things over with friends if anyone's going to come visit you in the beginning of when you're there or if any friends are happening to take a vacation to the same place before you get there and can leave it with someone you trust or in a 
storage unit there until you get there. These are all different options to consider and it's important to know what you're going to bring so you know how much luggage do I need. Do I need to buy some new suitcases before I move? And what am I willing to do without or get rid of before I move? Step 15 is kind of a hard one for me as a young person who recently graduated from college. I am new to the whole process of taxes, but the next step is know about taxes. You are moving to a new country, so you're probably going to have to figure out a whole new tax system, and it is probably going to be the best if you just pay someone to do your taxes. If you're moving temporarily and you have dual citizenship and you're considering keeping or going back to your original country, you may end up having to pay taxes in both countries. Some countries have agreements where if you pay taxes in one country, then you are exempt from taxes in the other country. So doing the research on all of that, maybe paying someone who knows a lot about international laws and taxes to figure that out for you is something to consider. This is what makes moving a little more difficult for those of us who are younger and are new to the whole doing life by yourself thing anyways. I just decided I was going to make every big change possible all at once in my life by not only moving out on my own, getting my own place, and learning how to do, you know, groceries, bills, taxes, life, all of that stuff. Also, do it in a new country, in a a foreign place with people you don't know. That is something that's going to make it harder. So if you are a college student considering moving after you graduate, then know that the sooner the better for researching how life is in the place that you're moving to. The more familiar you can get with it, the less culture shock you're going to go through when you have to deal with all of the hard stuff like bills and taxes. Step number 16 is join some expat groups and online forums and support groups. It is so, so crucial to get support when you are moving to a new place, when you might not know anyone. And earlier I had said to network, but specifically joining expat groups for people who are from your country that have moved to the same new country is going to be helpful because they're going to post about the same struggles and they're going to have the answers to the specific problems that you have. Step 17 is to prepare for your new job or a new school. If you ever start a new job or attend a new school, there's a lot of things you have to do like figure out your classes, figure out how you're going to be getting to work, look at the supplies you're going to need to do your job or do your assignments. Do I need a new backpack? Am I equipped with the right technology to get the work done? All of these things that you would do for a normal job or a normal school, you need to do for foreign job and foreign school. Start preparing for your job, for your education, so that whenever you get there, you're not thrown by all of the requirements that the school or the work is throwing at you. Make sure that you're prepared and ready to take on the job. It'll be really easy to get fixated on the move and to forget about the thing that you're going to be doing once you've moved. So don't forget about this step. Step 18 is arrange for a new phone plan. This can be done once you get there. Just make sure that the phone that you bring, if you're going to use the same phone, that you're not going to get crazy international charges Make sure that you've worked out some kind of international plan ahead of time if you're going to use it the first couple days or weeks that you're in the new country. 
And this is something you can research online ahead of time. Just look at different local plans that are available that are cheap. Here in London, I pay way less than I did in the States for a phone plan. I pay £12 a month for 26 gigabytes, which is plenty. And I get 5G and roaming and stuff. And so there may be cheap options. And this is something that you will consider when you're budgeting, when you're thinking about how much money do I need to sustain myself when I move to this place. But hopefully, I'm hoping the best for you that when you move to your new place, it is a cheaper, more affordable place. Step 19, we are getting really, really close to the move. You need to start quitting and canceling all your local commitments, your jobs, and your subscriptions. This is probably the part where everything is going to start to feel really real. You are going to cancel, if you're a U.S. citizen, cancel your Hulu. You can't use it in other countries. You're going to have to cancel your local trash pickup. You're going to have to put in your two-week notice, cancel your gym subscription. Do all of those steps that are going to make it really real, but you shouldn't do this too far in advance because you're still going to use them until you leave. Set all of that up. Make sure you have a list of all the things that you use and that need to be rearranged or canceled so that whenever you move, you don't look back and say, whoa, why am I being charged this fee? Oh, I forgot to cancel my so-and-so subscription. Make sure that you cancel your local commitments. If you are normally the baseball little league coach, you gotta get someone else to take that position. You need to tell them, hey, I'm moving. I need someone else to step up into this position. You might have to resign from a volunteer office of a PTA role at your local school. Whatever the commitments are that you have, make sure that you set up and arrange for your absence to not be a detriment to everyone else. They will much appreciate that. Step 20 is to say your goodbyes. Do not, do not leave. And then 20 weeks later, you think, did I tell so-and-so that I was moving? This is not the way to do it. You will lose friendships. You will mess up relationships. You will have people who don't know how to contact you and want to talk to you, want to keep a relationship going, but can't because you've moved, you've changed phone numbers, and they don't have your email or anything else and they don't use social media. You'll have someone like that in your life and you're going to regret it. So make sure you say all your goodbyes, post on social media that you're moving, tell everyone in your local church, tell everyone at the school, tell all your friends and let them make plans for closure, for goodbyes, for see you laters. Tell everyone that I'm going to have a dinner party and you're all invited or give them an opportunity to express to you what they feel and how they appreciate you so that one, you feel that you have support from home before you leave and two, you don't leave your friends hanging whenever you just up and disappear. And once you have said your goodbyes, step 21, the last step is to move. Once you've done all of those things and all of the things encapsulated in those things, you will be ready to move across the world. There's a lot more when it comes to the planning and the research and finance, but if you include all of these steps, 
you're going to be a lot closer to a happier move and to living out your dream. And so I wish you the best of luck in your move to another country. This is the step-by-step process of how I moved to London. And I would love to hear about the places that you guys are considering moving and any difficulties that you've faced, maybe some specific steps that you would have included because of the specific place that you're moving to and how things work differently there. Anything else? I probably left off a couple things, but these are the main steps that I took that made my move to London possible. I hope that you gained some insight from this. If you're not moving anywhere, I hope that you at least got a good laugh of thinking of all of the work that went into this move and if nothing else, you know how difficult of a process it is to move and you can be there to support your friends when they choose to do this. I will catch you guys next Wednesday. I would say that now is a great time to move on to the next episode. As we wrap up this episode of the Lydia Todd Pod, I want to express my heartfelt gratitude for you spending time with me. This really challenges my belief that I only have five consistent listeners. If you have any thoughts, topics, or questions you'd like me to explore further on future episodes, please reach out on one of my socials. I hope that our conversations have brought you inspiration and joy. If you have friends or family who might be interested in our conversations, don't hesitate to share the podcast with them. 